Tron Jordheim. Thanks for tuning in to the Troncast with Tron Jordheim. And uh, we're going to talk more today about whatever's on my mind. So stay tuned. Thanks for being here. And uh, check it out. Welcome to a series I'm doing called Leadership Spotlight, where I talk about and talk with CEOs, leaders, presidents, business owners, uh, other C-level executives, learning about how they see leadership, how they do leadership, and how leadership is changing as the days go by. So tune in, and thanks for being here on the Troncast with Tron Jordheim. Please stay tuned. We've got a word from a sponsor, and then we'll get to the show. Thanks. Yeah. All right, welcome to the Troncast podcast with me, Tron Jordheim. Hey, how are you? I'm uh, broadcasting from the podcast studio at Ready in downtown Columbia, Missouri, in the heart of the historic Sharp End, uh, brought to you by Bank of Missouri. And I've got a, a special guest with me today, Luke Lehman. Luke, why, why don't you introduce yourself and talk to us a little bit about some of the things you've got on your mind today. Well, Tron, certainly happy to be here. It's great to join you. You know, I'll tell you, there's a, you know, as we just chatted just a little bit briefly ahead of this, it's a, it's an interesting time here as we kind of open up quarter two of 2021 that there is so much change and so much adjustment on the horizon. And, you know, from, from the investment standpoint or from a business standpoint, or, is it, or even as a parent standpoint, the, the lessons that we learned in 2020 are, are so important for us to be able to capture and figure out, you know, how are we going to do those things and, and, and take those best practices from 2020 and move them forward into 2021 and beyond? Right. It's, it's been an incredible year, both, you know, on the horrible side and the hopeful side, both. Uh, so it's going to be really interesting to see what happens from here and Part of the reason I was so interested in speaking with you is you've been uh, studying and practicing leadership for a long time. And one of, one of the core principles you talk about is how to create intentional alignment and, and make that work. I'd love to hear more about that. You bet. Well, you know, Tron, one of the, um, when I think about it, the, the intentional alignment for me is, was really decades long in the making. And what I found as a fighter pilot and then moving into the business world was um, fighter pilots possessed, there was a unique and an inherent ability for us to share commonality. And we could Mm -hmm. forego a lot of other things because we had a shared sense of mission. We all knew where we were going. We we generally came from the same backgrounds. We had a similar set of training. And and because of that, we had a a lot of commonality in, in our vision moving forward. Well, unfortunately, when I got out of the fighter pilot world, I lost it, right? You know, you, you get into the business world and, 
And as much as you may be passionate about your business is a lot of times I think young entrepreneurs lose the forest for the trees, for lack of better words. Um, right. We, you know, we, we get enamored with the idea you know, when you ask a young entrepreneur, why do you do what you do? They, they will almost inevitably come back with something that rhymes with more money or more freedom, right? They want to get rid of the boss or they want ah. to make more cash. And then that third component of that is they want to have a greater impact, you know, for, for whatever reason that they thought that in their capacity as an employee, they weren't able to have a greater impact. Well, uh, you, you know, as I kind of got into my later years of entrepreneurial journey is that, that I actually wrote down on top of my objectives. I, every year I write down my goals and I wrote, find your why. When you can answer the question with your heart instead of your head, you know, you're on your way. And that was kind of where the concept of being intentionally aligned or living your days with intentional alignment was born. Ah, wonderful. Yes. And to boil it down to something simple, right? To align with your purpose, align with your greater goals, and then be intentional about living that way. Uh, it sounds great. T t tell us about some of the projects you've worked through and how that how that attitude helped you find a way through because I know from, you know, dabbling in the business world is it is easy to get, you know, stuck down to your knees in the muck of a situation. And, uh, and sometimes, you know, all you can think about is getting out of there with your boots on. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Trying to, trying to keep them on your feet. I like it. Uh, well, I, you know, I'll tell you, so for me, the three measures of intentional alignment are health, wealth, and relationships. And what, what's interesting about that for me is that there was a disproportionate amount of effort placed on wealth. If being an entrepreneur mm -hmm. or business owner was about wealth building, well, if you just go back to very simple math, you need roughly eight hours of rest a night. So if we were to say that our health component was comprised of feeding our mind and body with good restful sleep, and then maybe an hour of physical exercise, I'll just trade one of those hours of sleep into physical exercise. So now mm -hmm. I'll be a my eight hours will be comprised of sleep and exercise. Well, that leaves 16 hours left in the day. Pretty easy math. If I take a 40 hour work week there and divide that by five, I should have eight hours of work a day. Well, you know, what's interesting about that is if you do that central math, simple math and you focus on the rest of that should be your social well-being. That should be your family, mm -hmm. or your friends or your relationships that you focus on or, or even, you know, yourself or your activities. So for me, the intentional alignment came about really focusing and giving that time. Uh, but to answer your question there, you know, for me, I, I start each week, Sunday afternoon with a very specific plan. I do a weekend review from the previous week. I look at my objectives for the quarter that I have set out and then I lay out a plan of action and, and I'll show you, it's sitting here right in front of me here. I have a weekly plan and I get down to daily goals and, and here's the true thing that, that took so many years to discover is you have to let enough be enough. When you get to the point in your day that you set out to do everything that you needed to do that day, you need to turn it off. You know, you need to yeah. let it go. Yeah. And that, that's it. So, you know, how did I get to that point? Uh, well, I got to that point because now I write down my top three goals. And in the morning, I already know that those goals are aligned with the thing that I said that I was going to do this week. And the thing that I said that I was going to do this week was aligned with the thing that I said that I was going to do this quarter. 
So I already know that, that today I'm going to do the things that have the highest impact and are going to move the ball forward, the greatest ability. And you know what, if my dry cleaner doesn't get picked up, that's okay. I'll just wear another shirt tomorrow. <laughs> that's right. Uh, you can only do what you can do. That's right. Yeah. 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 Well, excellent. So what, where do you see things going here in this next quarter, this next year, where people are going to really have to hold on to the hold on to the handrails because uh, it's just you just don't know. I mean, our your your hopeful self would tell you there's got to be some sort of an uptick coming. There's got to be some sort of a realignment, if you will, of of purpose, of business strategy, and so on. Just because that's the hopefulness we're feeling doesn't mean that's how it's going to happen. Even, although, if we're intentional about it, perhaps we can force some of that. But what, tell me your thoughts on that. That's interesting discussion, Tron. And you know, one of the things that I think about for that is that um, you know we, we've talked a lot about the U shape and the V shape recovery, and and thinking about mm -hmm. what that's going to look like. One of the neglectful pieces of the conversation is what happened in everybody's minds this year. And as we sat right, home and right. we, we we did some work, I think what's uh, what we're going to see at the at the national level is we'll see some consolidation of some business units. You know, certainly the airlines are going to take some time to recover. Um, you know, they they've had a down year, but let's see. You know, when when everybody's got the vaccines this summer, let's see what happens in June when everybody's got should should have right a pocket full of money because they've been living frugally for the past year and they're ready to go. Yeah. Get back on the road and they're going to take that vacation that they missed last summer they deferred to this year but you know for mm -hmm. me Trump, what, I, what i really hope is um in in my mission you know i want to create ten thousand millionaires by 2025 that's what i want to do i want small business owners to become millionaires and what i've seen is this um catalyst of covid forcing folks to take the leap you know, where previously they said, I'm not going to quit my job. I, you know, I don't, I don't have the confidence. I don't have the capacity or the capability to do it mm -hmm. is that, that they're starting. And that's what I would really, you know, hope to see. And, and that's what I would encourage is that now that, that folks have taken that first step to start a new business, that they take the second and they take the third and they take the fourth uncomfortable and imperfect step so that they can then get the small businesses moving. And I believe that truly, you know, that's the lifeblood of our American population is our small businesses. Right. Well, I, th I think that's right. So we need to keep our, keep our eyes on the prize there and keep moving forward. So how do people find you, Luke? T tell us, where do, you, where do you want them to go? Well, I'm all over social media for sure, but uh, you know the easiest way. My website's lukelayman.com, and then that'll point you over to the LinkedIn or, or Facebook or Instagram. I'm most active on Facebook and Instagram, but you can find me. And you know, Tron, I, I love to have conversations with folks and entrepreneurs specifically about what challenges are facing them on a on a day to day basis. And if we can shed some light and make it a little easier, you know, I know in, in your line of work that that's really about moving the ball forward. So I, you know, I certainly um, welcome the impacts and, and the discussions and hearing from everybody else, because frankly, I don't want to make all the mistakes myself. So if someone's got right. some insights that I can, that they can share with me, I, I certainly want to hear them. And then, you know, same thing is I hope that I can be able to, 
ease some uh, some pain for somebody that may be growing their businesses. Well, that sounds wonderful. That sounds wonderful. How are we doing for time? Are we, are we looking pretty good? Or you... yeah, we yeah, we can keep going. Tron, I got you know another fifteen minutes good. or so. If we want to kind of open up and dig a little deeper. Yeah, yeah. Well, so tell me about some of the lessons of flying airplanes that 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 taught you about leadership, because I, uh, you know, on the one hand, it's all about the pilot, but you know, it's all about the machine too, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know how many people it takes to maintain a, a jet. 100 people, 200 people. I mean, it's it's quite a crew to keep you in the air, I'd imagine. Yeah, 100 probably is a, a pretty a pretty fair number for the size of a squadron. There's a there's a funny story that I kind of recount when you when you say that I was at a um, event that we call a uh, dining in, uh, and we compare that to a dining out. So the dining in, we all come in and we we put on our nice clothes and we um, we have this uh, formal event. And the, the funny thing about it, um, that the commander of the squadron stood up and he said something about my airplanes. And then the group commander, uh-huh. which is the higher level up, goes, I think you've mistaken, those are my airplanes. And then the wing commander, the next <laughs> level up, goes, I think you're mistaken, those are my airplanes. And you know, we thought that the joke was over until the maintenance group commander stood up and the maintenance group commander says, I think you're all mistaken, they're my you know, that, that healthy banter in the Air Force was always fun. But, you know, there's 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 lots of lessons learned in um, in, in flying airplanes, especially, you know, high performance jets in, in the Air Force. But one of them that comes to mind, I, I, I recall, uh, you know, as being a young officer, we uh, were listening to a tape about uh, this is in the days that we actually had real, real tapes instead of digital recordings, but uh, a, a recording of a pilot that was at a troops in contact. So the person on the ground was in a firefight and the pilot was trying to help his way out of it. And their, and their volume, as they escalated, what the, the person on the ground got louder and then so did the pilot. And then, you know, the tension and the anxiety was, you know, just palatable. And, right. you know, one of the things that I really realized there and, and, and carried forth in my career is that it's your responsibility as a leader to set, we used to talk about it, set the pacing and the spacing. But in the business yeah. world, we talk about that as the rapport building. So as I enter mm. the conversations, I try to be, the, you know, and I think back to a troops in contact that I did is my job is to be the voice of reason. It's going to be okay. You know, at the end of this, don't, don't worry. I, you know, I may try to knock somebody off the top of a building with my wing, but today you're going to go home and you're going to sleep patiently and, and peacefully in your bed when this thing is over. Just give me a few minutes to sort this thing out. And, you know, now into the business world, um, Tron, I, I, I think about this where um, somebody, somebody often, you know, somebody asked, what would you do if you ever had to go interview for another job? And my, my answer is that um, I make decisions that are 90% correct with 80% of the information. And, right. and, I, and I think that's a testament to my days in the Air Force and, and flying jets is that you just got to stop. You got to take the information in, compartmentalize it, put it back in order, and then come up with the decision to move out and realize that, you know, your, your answer is not going to be perfect and that's okay. We don't need perfection. Right. And even if you had a hundred percent of the information, only 80% of it would be any good anyway. That's right. That's right. And I'm sure, and I'm sure at the, at the, you know, speed of sound, 
you don't have time to read through all the asterisks on all the information either, right? You've just got to, you just got to decide. That's an interesting, you know, we, we, you know, we call them um, in the Air Force, we call them bolt-based procedures. So, uh, and, and truth be told, I flew the A-10, so there was no speed of sound going on in that monster machine, but it did have a big gun. But, um, you know, we, we call them bolt-based because when things went wrong, you needed to have um, emergency actions memorized. I was going to move right. this switch to turn the auxiliary power unit on, or I was going to turn this thing off or shut the engine down, right? You know, whatever it is. And, and it is yeah. so different in, 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 in life or business. It's the same thing. You need emergency action plans. If somebody quits, you know, right? And if, if your best employee walks out right ahead of a customer delivery, you've got to mm -hmm. put your emergency action plan into place. What are you going to do? You know, how right. are you going to make the bleeding stop? And then we would say bold face checklist gear pavement brakes. So we're going to do the bold face. It's going to stop the bleeding. Yeah. We're going to clean it up with the checklist. And then the only things I want to figure out is how am I going to get my gear down? How long is the piece of pavement that I need? And then how am I going to get the airplane stopped? And, and honestly, those, you know, the business world is really not that, not that different than it is flying airplanes. Well, and you know, the successful business people I know, they, Yes, they're always they're always pushing towards their goals. They're always trying to encourage people and empower people. But but really, they're planning around the fail points. And uh, boy, that seems smart because the people I know who don't, when they run into a problem, it everything comes to a standstill. And that's you can't afford that. And no matter the size of your business, you can't afford to stand around and look and go, uh oh, now what? Right. You've got to be able to say, oh, expect the problem. Here's how we handle it. And I think we all got caught off guard. Right. You know, there's all these crisis managers that have been preaching for all these years that we need to have a good contingency response plan. And we take a look at all our risk matrices. And, man, I bet there was only like one or two businesses in America that had pandemic as part of their risk matrix. You know, <laughs> you know we thought hurricanes and tornadoes were going to be the, the cause of our demise, but man, a year of pandemic, who, who knew that was coming? Maybe Delta, they, they may have had it on theirs. Well, you know, that I, I, I've run call centers before and I, I run a small one now, but, but a part of the, one of the things that always was, was so frustrating about running physical call centers where you had a lot of people together was flu season. And every flu season, I would sit down and make a plan for how we were going to do distributed at-home agents because I did not want to go through another flu season where you lose, you know, some days 20% of your staff because they're taking care of someone or they're sick. Um, and it, it was difficult to, to get that to the top of the priority list until I, until I was in charge of a call center. And then I said, I am not doing another flu season. We are going to have distributed at-home agents. So if there's a flu problem, we'll lose 5% of the people instead of 20 or 25% of the people. And so that, that ended up being fortuitous. Uh, so yeah, you, you don't know. Funny. Sometimes you're you, accidentally planning for a bigger disaster than yeah. you meant to, you know. If you ask my wife, she's just completely okay with it. She thinks everybody should wear masks and gloves all the time anyway so that's you know, right. she, maybe right. what's left over for her and and that wouldn't be the worst lesson either would it you know if if we still carried on with our fancy masks and our fun masks and our sushi pattern masks or whatever we enjoy wearing that might not be the worst left over 
That's right. Yeah. And, and speaking of flu season, that would probably go down, right? If we actually gave it some credence and stood six feet apart and washed our hands just a little bit more. I know it's kind of a novel concept <laughs> sometimes. Right. But, uh, but we, we also, as business leaders, the, the people who weren't already doing, you know, distributed at-home workforces were put in a position pretty quick. They had to just let go of the reins and let people do what they were going to do because you can't walk office to office when people work at home and say, how you doing? What are you working on? How's the deadline? Can't do that. That's right. That's right. That's right. And, and I think that we found that too, Tron, you know, when we look at it, it, it there, there was a lot of resiliency. And, and you go back to mm -hmm. March of last year and, and, and people began to figure out what it's going to look like. And, you know, I, I don't have to look much further than local here to look at the restaurants, the gyms, you know, my daughter's in um, gymnastics and, and, and there's a lot of resiliency. They didn't know. And, and their recovery yep. plans were you know they were they were hopping on zoom calls and they were trying to figure it out but that's the the true testament of the entrepreneur is that they they are resilient in nature and, and when faced with a problem yeah going to look for the the ways to fight themselves out of it and and i think that we'll find that not you know as we look back on this that we're going to find that there was certainly some turmoil in there but we're, we're going to look back on it with fond memories that we were closer to our family and closer to our friends and, and that our businesses grew stronger and more resilient along the way well, and, and when you look at, at some parts of this, it's been really amazing. You know, we, we spoke just earlier, just for a second, about how incredible it is by, you know, it's not even April 1st of 2021 yet. We've, we've been in this thing a year, and there's already over 100 million people vaccinated in the U.S. with a vaccine that appears to have very close to 100% effectiveness keeping people out of the hospital and keeping them from severe illness. That That's incredible. Right. And then you see the way businesses have been able to pivot and to continue and to invent new ways of doing things, some of which I'm sure they'll scrap when we can get back to in-person again. But some of it, they're, I'm sure they've gone, wow, I have found an incredible new thing I'm going to keep doing. So, so you know, aside from the personal tragedies and horrors, those parts there are, I mean, it's really incredible to see how that's happened. And, and in so many ways, it's encouraging. That's right. That's right. And, and, and I think now as we kind of put this thing, and I, you know, it's not behind us by any stretch. There's so, still, you know, certainly lots of turmoil and trauma that I don't want to discount as we continue to wrap this thing up. But I think that yep. we can all begin to see the end of the tunnel from here. That you know, the light is starting to poke itself through, and we can see that if we just continue straight ahead, that we'll be able to you know, continue to work through it. So, I'm encouraged, yeah. John, honestly. And I, you know, I think about it, and and, and there has been a lot of heartache. And um, you know, if anything, we all come out with a lot more respect for our, our frontline um, medical workers that that we've always oh, had my, respect yes. for, but we've got even more respect for now. Um, but I'm encouraged, you know, as we look forward, I think that there's a, you know, a strong recovery. And I think that the resilience of the American population, small business owners specifically, is, is going to lead the way for us. Yeah, well, thank you. It's been great visiting all uh, about all of those things. And so now go find Luke Lehman, Luke Lehman. And his last name is just how you'd expect, L-A-Y-M-A-N, LukeLayman.com. Check out what he's up to. He's got some great resources and some great guidance for you. And Luke, it's been wonderful visiting with you. Thanks so much, and best of luck in the in the future with everything. Thanks, Tron. Same with you. Have a great afternoon. All right, you take care. Let me see if I can find the right button here. All right.
know about the self-storage Hawaii unconference? Because if you don't, sit tight and listen to this. And if you do know about it, if you've not registered yet, what are you doing? Go register. HawaiiUnconference.com. HawaiiUnconference.com. In October 2021, we will gather some of the warmest and brightest people in the self-storage world on the big island of Hawaii at the beautiful Marriott Waikoloa Resort, and it'll be an unconference. So what's an unconference? So at an unconference, it's the attendees who create the content. So as we get ready to meet in October, we'll be exchanging lots of ideas about what's the topic of the day? What are people concerned about? What are the opportunities people are trying to figure out? Uh, what's going on in operations that are trends that people have to look at? What's happening with acquisitions and dispositions and raising money and all the things that people have on their minds? And we will create a program around that. And the attendees will be panelists. Some of the attendees and sponsors will be presenting to talk about new ideas, new ways of, of making old ideas work well. It's a fantastic way to get some really good, serious learning about things you really want to know about. And we do sessions until about noon. And then afternoon, it's networking for the rest of the day. So you can uh, circle back around on some of the most interesting topics with other attendees. You can hang out with some of the sponsors and really get to understand their offerings and their products and their services and, and why they developed in the way they did. Uh, and you might also get in some snorkeling or some golfing or some touring around the big island, which is just an amazing place. Uh, and then in the evenings, also networking. Uh, we'll have uh, small dinners, some group dinners. It, it'll be fantastic. And now you might be saying, what, you're doing an in-person conference in the COVID age? Are you nuts? Well, by October 2021, it seems obvious at this point that it's going to be possible to travel, that with uh, testing improving, with some uh, promising vaccines on the horizon, with uh, safety protocols becoming more obvious and more effective, we're going to be able to do it. Plus, we'll be in an open-air environment. When we're in our uh, sessions, we can have all of the sliding doors open and have the ocean breeze coming with us. When we're getting together, we can be six or ten feet apart from each other. We can wear our masks, whatever we need to do. It'll work. It's going to be fantastic. Go to hawaiiunconference.com, check out our sponsors, get registered, and we hope to see you there to share some aloha with you. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Troncast with me, Tron Jordheim. I sure appreciate it. I'm glad you were able to hang around and listen to some of my thoughts, some of my interviews, uh, some of the things I'm talking about today. I hope you have a great rest of your day. Thanks. See ya.